Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. As the year comes to a close, our staff is writing about our favorite sports moments of 2019. Jason Concepcion explains the year in 10 pieces of pop culture, and we break down the last 10 years of the Marvel Universe. Also, ahead of the new Star Wars movie coming out next week, the staff's discussing Baby Yoda, Rise of Skywalker romances, and what the Resistance will do if they win. You can check this all out on TheRinger.com. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. It is the second installment of the most dramatic season ever countdown. We're talking numbers 30 to 21 today. And I am joined by Bachelor historian Amy Coffin of the LA Times. Hi, Amy. Hi, Juliette. Uh, Second time appearance for you. Welcome back. Very excited. You wrote a book about The Bachelor called Bachelor Nation. Yep. I did. It feels like ancient history already. It's like, what, two years ago? Yeah, it was like, it came out. Right when Ari's season ended, 2018. Ugh. What a boring season. Your book didn't suffer for not covering Ari. Did it cover Ari? I, I wrote like a for the paperback an update um, gotcha. and he was in it. But yeah, it was actually good that it came out right at the end of that because Ari's ending was very dramatic. Amazing. You yes. Know? So. yes. We haven't gotten to him in the countdown yet. Perhaps we'll get to him today. Um, how much do you think like one killer moment should like wait in the assessing of a Bachelor season versus like just steady drama the whole time? Because Ari's season obviously sucked except for the breakup with Becca, which is, like, honestly something I'll never get over. See, like, I—it doesn't hold that much weight for me because I, like— as I think we've talked about, like, I watch this every week with my friends. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I have to hear everyone bitching about when it's really boring or crappy. And then, like, I feel like because of spoiler culture, too, you know the big moment that's going to come. And so it's not as fun as it was back in the Jason Mesnick days. They kept Ari's drama— Secret better than Colton's fence jump, I think. Definitely. Well, yeah, they exploited true. the Colton fence jump. Are you up on the spoilers for Peter's season? No, and do not go there. Peter is like— I don't know either. I don't, I'm don't. i avoiding them at all costs. Wait, so you're on Team Peter, right? Oh, yeah. I am. I haven't been this excited about a Bachelor in a really long time. I'm excited about it, too. Also, everyone says it's really good. Rob was here. He said it was really good. I Rob heard, always says it's good, right? Yeah, he's the executive. But even off, off the mic, he said it was really good. Okay, good. I heard from Becca and Tyler that it's really good. I heard that it's like a great season, so I'm excited. Oh, my God. He looks so hot in the promo with the scrap. Yes, he does I'm like, look really hot. Everyone, listen, I get that people wanted Mike to be it, and that would have been important. I did not, just for the record. I don't think Mike would have been a good bachelor because of, like, his totally. personality. He falls in love with whoever's in front of him or whatever, I you know? I just didn't find it compelling. Similarly, I never wanted Blake to be bachelor either, which I confronted him about face-to-face. Like, some people— <laughs> How did that go? Um— it was weird. It was great. I, I'm still on Team Blake. He's made a lot of mistakes, but he's a really sweet guy. But um, um, you even said, as the number one Tyler stand, Tyler couldn't have been the match. No, definitely not. And, and like, thank you. I am the number one Tyler stand. Always and forever. I love that guy. Yes, that's but, on your business card. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, he would have been a bad bachelor. But I'm super excited about Peter. And I think that I'm glad you asked this because I just want to remind everyone that the point of this countdown is not like who's your favorite because my favorite is Tyler my favorite is Ben like those are my, my two dudes I, lo- I love Nick too he's a great guy and Nick's pretty good yeah but this is not just about like do you like the lead because I like plenty of lead it's like it's about honestly the drama and like the most compelling seasons and that's what I've really been trying to dig so into so you're not factor so you would say you're doing a comprehensive look at the season not like the moment yes okay but I do think like I, I tried to wait it you know so I, I base it on a bunch of different factors that are the lead, the drama, the winner, the villain, locations, and, like, it's kind of, like, general impact. And that was kind of how I was thinking about it when I was doing this ranking. And so— Very academic analysis. Thanks. Yeah. So this Shout-out to my colleague, Andrew Gattadaro, for helping me with this. He's, like, our master of rankings. <laughs> and I, I do think, though, like, in the case of someone like Ari, who has, like, a, a landmark event in their season— like, the impact then is, like, a 10 out of 10, you know? even And then he did have a lot of good women on it. Like, I think baby Becca was, like, worth a lot. Do you follow her on oh, Instagram? I think that she and her husband, I guess they're not even engaged, whatever. Her baby daddy are so hot. I do follow them. He's cute, yeah. Like He's I, not my style, but obviously. Okay. He's not a Tyler, so. No, he's more of, like, a Jesus-y type, which yeah. is my vibe. But I just... You're right. I do like Becca. But that doesn't matter, because in the she was off pretty soon. I feel like she was on a lot. But anyway, that's just sort of the thinking that goes into it, you know? So okay. let's get into it. We uh, left off at number 31, Lorenzo Borghese, who was the Italian bachelor who'd never been to Italy. And today, <laughs> clocking in number 30, 
We got Jen Sheft, the first last Bachelorette. Jen was the third Bachelorette, which came out in January 2004. Her finale had 8.37 million viewers, which I think is now viewed as a low number. However, or sorry, at the time it was, it was a, low number, a low number. Right. But now it's pretty good and that he- would be, healthy. Yeah, now the highest is like seven yeah. for, for a Bachelorette. Right? I think Hannah got into the eights and that was like amazing. Oh, damn. Yeah, Hannah, yeah. Exactly. Jen Sheft is the original Brad Womack, and then she did not accept a proposal. They did it in a really weird way on this show, which was at the end of the finale, this one guy, John Paul, proposed, and she rejected it. And then this other guy, Jerry, proposed. And then she had to wait to reveal if she was accepting the proposal or not until the live after show. So he, it was kind of like how Survivor does. Like, now the vote has culminated. And then Jeff, it seems like Jeff Probst has, like, come straight up from the island into the live finale. But really, I mean, obviously her and, and uh, Jerry had spoken. And she rejected him as well. And she was just like, nah, I, I don't want either of you. And, you know, she had been burned. She had won Andrew Firestone season, and then they broke up. I kind of, like, live for her. She was one of my favorite people I spoke to during the book because, like, she's an OG feminist. Like, she was recalling all of that. First, I think she said she got a lot of backlash for breaking up with Andrew Firestone yes. because everyone was like, he's so rich, and he's, like, the heir to a tire fortune. Like, what's wrong with you that you couldn't keep that, like, amazing specimen of a man? And then she rejected both of the dudes on her season and she was like that was very much the time of the bachelor and the bachelorette where they like were hardcore into the fairy tale narrative totally and yeah and it's interesting that you say that because she after her season there was an abrupt break for like four years right and people were really mean to her they were like Jen Chef most boring bachelorette ever ruined the show and then they stopped doing it for a little while and then wait what were you saying about her absence from the sort of bachelorette reunion last year so she last year for before Hannah's season for the 15th season they did a reunion um, and everyone was there except for Meredith Phillips who we'll talk about shortly and Jen Shaft and it was like kind of fishy some stories came out regarding Meredith which we'll dig into but she claims um, that she was basically sexually assaulted by a masseuse during her season. And then Jen wasn't there either. And people were wondering about that. Like, was she not invited? She went on Reality Steve's podcast and explained that she was invited, but she just had a family vacation and didn't want to miss the vacation and was bummed to not be at the reunion. So I don't think she holds hard feelings, but she's definitely in, like, a weird place. I think she has a lot of name recognition, but, like, yeah. if you saw her walking down the street, you probably wouldn't be like, oh, my God, Jen Jeff, the third Bachelorette. No, I, I kind of live for, like, those types of people who've actually managed to move on and are, like, married totally. and have kids. And I think she lives in, like, Chicago. Like, you know. Her it, name is Jen Sheft Waterman now. Exactly. Yeah. But she's Where did she, you meet her? In L.A.? Or I, I just spoke on the phone. Oh, got it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think she seems, like, pretty unscathed for how much time she actually spent on television. And Quite like, a bit. I think she went at Oprah and did all that. Like, Although I will say she, her season was in 2004, and she was on, Andrew Firestone was March 2003. So— it was a pretty compressed time that she was filming. Mm. But then as a result, she was like in the consciousness for like 18 months, basically. Kind of like Hannah almost. Yes, yeah. exactly like Hannah. Yeah. Who I would not say has come out unscathed. But uh, do you not want to like, I just want to like help Hannah. My advice to Hannah is to move to like San Diego. Don't live in LA. If you want to be in California or like, I just don't, I don't think That's all actually, of, okay. I have a question about this. The couples who live in San Diego, so we have like uh, Crystal and Goose. Yes. And like basically Jade and Tanner mm-hmm. and um, do Becca, Becca and Becca, Garrett live somewhere else in California. Carlsbad, yeah. Carlsbad. Like, do you think that actually makes a difference? I do. I do think it makes a difference because I think here every night of the week, there's like some sponsor event you could go to. Or you could go to a club or like there's just a lot more people around. And I just think, I mean, you know, we both live in L.A. There's like pressure to like do stuff, look some way, be cool, like all this stuff. And I think if you even get a little bit of a remove from it, it's really helpful. I saw someone from a very recent season the other night at a like music event in Mm -hmm. L.A. And it made me so sad. Like it was just like. Clearly, people take every opportunity they can get. They're getting, like, thrown who knows, like, what substances at them. Like, they have to look really good all the time. I was just like, you're right. You need to remove yourself from it, I think. Yeah. I think you need a little bit of distance. But it seems like Jen figured that out. She just some great facts about her season. Okay. So hers was uh, based in New York, which is fascinating. I kind of forgot that there was a bunch of seasons that were based in New York. Hers, Charlie O'Connell. Like, we'll talk about him have as well. Have we said, like, by the way, that— it's so annoying that you can't watch old seasons. So annoying. And I I have tried really hard. I will say thank you, particularly to people like Reality Steve, who I think started recapping around the time of Jen Sheft. Your recaps have been really helpful for my research. Yeah. I really appreciate it. And I see all of you people 
particularly Reality Steve, who have been doing this for a fucking long time. Right, you've been in the trenches. Why, Seriously. like, what does Rob Mills or, or those kind of people say about why it's unaccessible? Well, Rob works for ABC, which does not own The Bachelor. The right, Bachelor is owned can, you by know. Warner. Um, I think they just know the value of their IP, and they're trying to figure out, like, where to put things. So we actually, Rob and I discussed this last week, HBO Max is, right. is going to have has a deal. I think must be born Horizon for some part of the catalog. I don't know what they're putting up, but I will say many of these seasons are super boring. It, they should. It would be fun not to us. <laughs> it, would, it would be fun to like dip into them, and I would love to watch like one. I, I basically would like to watch the tell all the overnights and the finale of every single season. A lot of the, and probably the like tell all. You get a lot of good info that way because I've gone back and watched tell alls, and but it's se- always like the full of BS fighting. Yeah, but you still get the highlights. It's if, if you haven't been watching the whole season, it's yeah, actually okay. really helpful. And I, I would skip episode one and go to episode two, personally. I, one, I think, is, like, a really Waste. overblown. Yeah. Um, so I would want, like, two overnights, woe and tell all, and finale. And, like, let's just put those up. But I think um, Warner knows this is really valuable. It's, like, one of the reasons why they're doing the live show. Like, it's just really, really valuable IP, and they just don't want to give it away anywhere. I don't, I don't know. know how I feel about that. I feel like they didn't realize it was valuable till recently, obviously, because they're trying to do the live show and all that. Will like, you be going to the live show? Uh, I'm sure I won't be invited to the live show. Perhaps I'll buy a ticket with my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe, like, from the paper. Yeah. Um, Will you be going? Uh, maybe. I consider it. I, like, love Ben. I mean, it's Benny H. Yeah. I love Ben. I, I, Where's the L.A. day going to be? Uh, the theater at the Ace Hotel. Oh, that's a big location. Yeah, it's really big. It's like a thousand-person theater. Um, Ben's a great guy and a really good friend, so I, I want to support him. So I'll go for that. Anyway, um, I love how Julia's casually like Tyler and Ben, my BFF. I love both of them. I'm attracted <laughs> to both of them. I've decided to befriend them because I because we will never date. Um, Jen's season was in New York, and she did some engagement shopping at Harry Winston with her friends, which was super. Oh, weird. Oh, I love the pre Neil Lane days when too. it was Harry Winston. Me too. Yes. Harry- I would definitely rather have a Harry Winston yeah. ring. Right? But shout out to Neilian, I guess. But they were worth way less if you look back. Yes. They wouldn't give like big buck rings like Neilian does. Or Yeah, I know. Even though they don't always look expensive. Yeah, I know. I just saw Becca's. This is actually on this uh, the previous pod from last Thursday. You guys can go check it out. Her ring is gorgeous. Absolutely stunning and like looks really nice on her hand. I, I recommend it, I guess, or something. I don't know. Really nice <laughs> ring, which like normal people can never afford, but whatever. I just want to say, I don't want to blame Jen Sheft. I think there's a lot of sexism and blaming her for being like a bad season and like messing up The Bachelorette because then it was off and then it came back with Deanna s- several years later. Oh God, Deanna was so good. Yeah, she's awesome. And she's like a pillar of the franchise. I, spoiler alert, we're not talking about her today. But uh, Jen Sheft, we we appreciate you. And I'm just glad there's no beef between her and the franchise. I Glad she went on Reality Steve's pod to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Very Live helpful. your life, Jen Chef. We're glad you're doing well. Yeah. Next, number 29, Dr. Andy Baldwin. I have a deep dislike for Andy Baldwin. I think a lot of people hate Dr. Andy Baldwin. In fact, I was reading the old recaps of my pal and my boss's wife, the sports gal, Carrie Simmons, and she really hated Dr. Andy Baldwin, but they're awesome, really funny recaps. You, everyone should go I, and listen. Okay, so many things about him. I see this bro on Bumble all the time. You do? I think I have a screenshot somewhere. Oh my God. Yes. Could he be paid? Bumble is, is in no. with deep bachelor no, no, nation. No, no, no. It's, it's, you can tell because like you it's see a many a reality headshot. star. You yes. see like a real world or, sure. you know, his is like normal and a lot of like weird like references to Navy stuff. Oh my he, God. Yeah. See, well, thank, that's a good segue. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Andy Baldwin was a Navy doctor. I'm going to say he's got some impressive facts about him. He went to Duke for undergrad and UCSF for med school, which is like, Incredibly impressive. On paper, I would really like that. I know. Me too. That's a swipe right on Bumble. Oh, Duke, Duke and UCSF What's Navy his height, doctor? Though? I feel like he's short. No, he's not. He's over six feet. Shut up. I swear. I, I looked it up. Okay. I was really wondering. All right. Dr. Andy Baldwin premiered on April 2nd, 2007. He ended up selecting Tessa Horst, who was a social worker. Also, like, an impressive pedigree. She went to GDS, Georgetown Day School, and then Middlebury College. Uh, she was a social worker I mean, not with a to degree be, from Columbia. I don't want to be a snob. What's the last person? Some t- I just feel like they don't have people from Middlebury on the show very much anymore. Careers used to matter more. I think even more than her, where she went to college, she was a working social worker. Why do you think that is? Because I think now being on the show is the career. And this used to be more of like a fun adventure that you could try because this was in 2007. I mean, like even that was still like early days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think people just were like, 
it was sort of like the way that now people quit their jobs and go to Southeast Asia for three months. It was like, I'm going to quit my job and go on The Bachelor. Right. And like, then see what happens next, you know? Right. right. It wasn't like, I'm going to quit my job or I'm never going to get a job. I'm going to go on The Bachelor and continue to not have a job, you know? It's different. So, I don't know. Pretty, uh, just a different time. All right. So, Dr. Baldwin's got like all the on paper creds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he sucked because. But then he sucked. I think he was really annoying was <laughs> one, like one thing that I got. Uh, also sounds like he just was into like his triathlons and that was kind of it. He's someone who like definitely is like, I do CrossFit, right? Yes, like, for sure. For sure. He also, I just think like all you need to know about him is that after the show, one year later, he dated Marla Maples, who was about 10 years his senior. What? They, not only did they date, they attended an episode of Dancing with the Stars together and like, we're like, we're, yeah, we're together. Like, legit. The mother of Tiffany Trump was his his girlfriend at one time. So uh, he and his, his middle bird chickadee didn't last very long. No, they broke up pretty quickly. Um, I'm trying month, to find this Andy off, thing for you, but I can't. They called off their engagement one month after the show ended. His runner-up was named Bevan Nicole Powers. Bevan, <laughs> which is the name of like a character on One Tree Hill. In fact, there was Bevan. Bevan broke her ankle during a boot camp challenge, um, which was like military-themed. They had a field day with all the military stuff. That makes sense. In fact, you know. they went to Pearl Harbor for the overnight dates. He did live there, but still. What do you mean? Like they stayed in a hotel at Pearl Harbor? They went to Hawaii. They went to they went to uh, Oahu. So they didn't like, stand the boat. But they did tour <laughs> Pearl Harbor on one of the dates. I believe that was with um Tessa, who ended up winning. The biggest drama of the season was a woman named Amber Al Chabi was on the show. And she got her boss fired because she took a twenty she was a teacher and she took a twenty-two day leave and didn't tell the boss where she was going and didn't come back afterwards. And then the, the boss, like, allowed it. So Wait, <laughs> it was, like, a what? whole mess. Yeah, it was, a, it was just a whole mess, which speaks to the career thing. Like, the biggest drama related to the season at all was the fact that it was, like, someone abandoning their career, which is just, like, unheard of at this point. Okay, well, I've been trying to find this message for you, but I'm just going to have to recall it from my head. So the reason that I have a thing with Andy Baldwin is because— obviously, for the book, I tried to talk to all the bachelors, right? Yes, of course. And I sent— Andy Baldwin, a Facebook message. And I asked if I could interview him. And he wrote back the sassiest messages that were like, they've already, like, he's like, you going to give me a cut of your book profits? Then I'll talk to you. What? And I was like, I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I can't pay for interviews. But, That's not how journalism works. Right. And he was like, well, you pony up and I'll spill all. He's like, they've already taken enough from me. Like, oh my God. like it was really like, it made it sound like he had a lot of that beef. Sounds like, that sounds like Chris B. That's how he, what he used to be like before his weird revival in Paradise, Chris Bukowski. Remember when he was like mad oh, at the show? I do. And I have had, yep. Remember when he said he would never yeah. ever go on again? And yeah. I was like, bro. What changed his mind? Just the money or wanting the attention? I don't know. I think it's like, I mean, not to get too dark. I really think it's like, those when you've gone on that many times yeah. like there is something inside you that is seeking that kind of validation and attention yeah I th- that I you cannot right. move past like he and he was but that's the thing he seemed so self-aware about it mm-hmm. for a long time like he was like I was trying to fix my re- reputation and I did that in a failed way numerous times and like to be like publicly acknowledge that and then to go back on it all was so odd it was really weird and also like wasn't discussed or whatever. He didn't seem to acknowledge right, it. Right, because he came across fine, obviously. Yeah, fine. I don't know. Him and Katie probably lasted, like, l- a little bit longer than he needed to for some sponsorship would be my guess. But I don't know. I also just want to note, this was the first season they introduced the first impression rose. Ooh. So, yeah, it took all the way to season 10 for the first impression rose to make, to to land into the canon of what the show is today. Do you like the first impression rose? Um, For women, it's really telling. For men, less so. I, I do like it. It adds a level. You mean what? You think it's more telling than the men give it out? When the women give it out, I think it is more telling because uh-huh. they usually very often end up in like the final two. Something right. Like that. Um, yeah, I like it. I think it's good to have some competition on night one so there's some drums. And yeah, I it's like it. It's definitely like a smart strategy. It's, it's hard to imagine that that strategically wasn't there before. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. that's the thing. And Rob and I discussed this too. Like when you go back and you just like go over what happened in all of these seasons, there was so much trial and error and so much like throwing shit at the wall and like seeing how it would go. Like obviously they tried New York a few times before they figured out like, no, we should just always be in LA and like here's the formula or whatever. So, or, you know, take a trip to Pearl Harbor. Who, who's to say? <laughs> Dr. Andy Baldwin, no one liked you. We will not, not miss you. And by the way, also not even that hot in my opinion. He's kind of like clean cut. 
Yeah. He's well, he's in the Navy. He's kind of like a desirable, attainable to me. Like he's like not actually attainable, but he seems like he could be. I think there's a lot of people on the show who are above average attractive, but below average for people on TV. Well, back in like Andy's day for sure. Yes. If anyone listening has gone on a Bumble date with Andy Baldwin, like please get message in touch. Juliet. Yeah, get I in need touch to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll report back. Um, number 28, Desiree Hartsock. She premiered on May 27th, 2013. I had very low expectations for her, and they remained low throughout her season. She, um, we'll discuss this when we get to Chris, uh, to get to Sean Lowe. But the thing that's like most interesting about her, there's two things. One was when she was on Sean's season, her brother completely ruined her chances with the worst hometown ever. It was iconic. Save it. We'll get there. And then she got dumped by Brooks, who she really, really wanted to choose. Also iconic. Also on Bumble. He is? Yes. Oh my and I God. did swipe right on that one, ladies oh and gentlemen. God. We didn't match. Um, I don't know why Brooks was not in paradise this summer. He was supposed to show up there. Oh. I, okay, here's the thing about Des. I have a soft spot for her because I feel I feel bad for her. Like, I think, we. I heard you say this with Rob, and I totally agree. The people that I think are probably chill and, and fun girls to hang out with in life are not good TV. Totally. Like, Des, I'm, I think she's perfectly nice. She's probably, like, a really good person. But, like, sure. It was bland AF until that doc date, which... Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It was in Antigua where they went for the finale. She was gonna pick him. She was so much more into Brooks than anyone else. It was just like going with the motions. She was like set to pick this guy, Brooks Forrester, go back to Utah, have a nice life. And then he's just like, no, I'm not feeling it. And he dumped her. And I think even with Ashley I in this world, the most upsetting, heart-wrenching, ugliest cry in the history of The Bachelor was Daz being dumped by Brooke. It was so authentic. It was like, that breakup felt as real as the Peter and Rachel one. Those two were the most sort of like intense and I really yeah. like respond. But what has been interesting about Des, and I get why she's doing this, obviously, and this is like a thing about The Bachelor. Like she's made it work with Chris. That's the guy she ended up with, right? Yeah, they have two kids. They're living right. in Seattle. They seem yeah. happy. They, oh, they've been on a lot of reality shows together, including like Marriage Boot Camp. That's because they get so much money for that show. They all, they all can't say they no. Do. It's like 250K or something. Really? For like, so. what, four weeks or something like that? Uh, it's a lot. Like, JJ did it. Like, people who aren't even like... JJ Lane? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. So, but yeah, like, I don't know if it's actually 250K. Let's just, you know, it's a lot. Sure. It's six figures. Um, Des, like... Oh, yeah. So she made it work with Chris. And I feel like she has hardcore, clearly like doubled down on the fact that like the editing sort of made it look like she was so in love with Brooks and like she was going to pick Chris anyway. And it's like, okay, baby girl. But like, there's no way. It's Rachel kind of like a big too, Aiden, don't way. you think? Like, yeah. sort of thing. Like she, you, you can, maybe that's, maybe this is like what the point of the show is, is that you shouldn't pick the person you're wildly attracted to. You should be picking the more practical, like, quote unquote boring choice. I think that's the mistake that many of the men make is that they pick the woman oh. that they're more sexually yes. attracted to and then it doesn't work out. A hundred. It's sort of funny when that's not the case. I mean, with Ari and Lauren, like, he obviously was just really attracted to her, too. And then that was the person he should pick. So I'm glad he course corrected. But, yeah, she, you know, the, there's, like, the wild chemistry. And then there's the person that, like, actually makes sense, like, think about long term. I think if they were a little bit older, and, and they did used to be older, like, you know, the leads, they probably would have more dating experience to, like, recognize that. But, you know, Des was in her mid-20s. I think she was 26 when she was The Bachelorette. So, I don't know. It was it. It still they had some good locations though. Like by this time, since it was uh, 2013, they were like deep into knowing how to do the show and kind of like core bachelor seasons. They went to Antigua, Munich, Barcelona, and Madeira, Portugal. Mm. I always thought Madeira looked really nice based on the show. It did look nice. You, yeah, isn't it funny how you for life there's certain places that are just just like bachelor spots. Exactly. Yeah. Even actually, does used to work at Panache Bridal. Yes. And every time I pass that, I'm like. What up, girl? <laughs> yeah, she was living in L.A., Des. Yeah. And then they had, like, yeah, she she was she seemed like someone I would, like, totally consider being friends with. A lot of weird dates on this season. Early on, I think it was episode two, maybe three, Soldier Boy appears, and it was, like, a few— Oh, my God. Did they do a rap video? Yes. Yeah. The, and they made a song called The Right Reasons. It was so embarrassing. Like, I kind of loved that, actually, For, I think. It was, like, fun. Yeah. But so embarrassing. But, like, a good gimmick. I also had Darius Rucker and Andy Grammer on this season. <laughs> kind of insane. <laughs> At the time, we are probably like, who are they? I know. Andy Grammer, for sure. Yeah. And then he's just had an upward trajectory ever since. The weirdest thing that happened on this season, though, is they go to Atlantic City for a post-Hurricane Sandy date. And it's really weird. Say that again. Yes. They go to 
Hurricane Sandy. They go to Atlantic City like a few months after Hurricane Sandy. It's really weird. That actually, that was such an emotional date. I, yes, I, because what happens is that it's a group date and then there's one winner of the group date who it is is like irrelevant. And instead of enjoying like the the um, night together, they give it to a couple whose home had been ruined in Hurricane Sandy. So it was really moving and sweet. Yeah. And then they all get to enjoy the sweet It was an older couple Darius too, Rucker. right? Yeah, it was. Um, but it's just kind of weird they did that. Like, Maybe pick a different location where you get a trade back. Like, I, I don't a trade, or that's what's called trade back. I right. Yes. I don't, I don't get it. But I, I mean, Des is a great example of what you were talking about earlier. Like, the one iconic moment could not save that season. No, it couldn't. And also, yeah. I, I feel like Brooks, I don't know. Brooks just sort of like, he tried to be a thing, but I think his heart wasn't in it. He's just weirdo. I, I don't know what he does now because he, he went to Crystal and Goose's wedding, I'm pretty sure, but then did not end up in paradise. I mean, I wish th- he's been, hasn't he been on Paradise before? Though? He was on it yeah. one time, which I had forgotten about until doing my research for this project. Is it bad that I still just wish none of them would go on Paradise? Like, I I'm just, with you. I'm dreading Tyler in Paradise. I know it's going to happen. I'm just dreading it. If you have any power in your friendship, <laughs> come on. Doesn't I, he have like an agent at a real agency? He now? Does WME? Bitch, they are not letting him go on Paradise. I don't know. It's hard to control. Will Tyler be the most, if so, he will absolutely be the most highly paid person who's ever gone on, right? Probably. I I don't know. Who would be your guess? Oh, he would. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Why did you say, I mean, I guess what? Who you go with? Who you go for? Yeah. I don't know. My guess would be someone from Peter's season. New girl. A new girl. Because I, I don't know. Based on Gigi Hadid and the, the other girl that's um, gender. Based on Gigi Hadid. And Jenner. Who's the girl who's gender adjacent? Yes, Stassi. I don't do the Kardashians. Um, he likes a blonde with long hair. So I can't think of any of those off the top of my head right now that are that are Tyler level. But I don't know. Like, it's just going to be a downward decline for him in terms of, like, fame proximity. I know. Tyler, don't if you're listening, literally do not go. I know you do, think it's worth it. It's not. Do not do it. Um, Des, I hope you're happy. I hope they didn't watch the show back together. I'm sure they did. But, like, how do you live? How, how are you, Chris? And you're like, well, now I just have to live with this Brooks you know, shout out to Chris. Thing in the world. He seems like a good guy. He really seems like a shaft. great guy. He seems like a great, great guy, though. I if agree. that hadn't happened with Brooks, like, we wouldn't have an, anything against Chris. No. And in fact, they'd be even lower in this countdown if we, if we hadn't gotten Brooks. <laughs> they'd probably be like 35. What do you think is more boring, Becca Kufrin or Des? Becca. I agree. Um, <laughs> did you talk to Des for your book? I did. How was she? She was great. Really okay. nice. Yeah. And cool. she, again, talking all about how, you know, the Brooks thing was hyped up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think also, maybe there's a degree which that's true, but also you have to say it to save your current relationship, of right? Of course, you're married to the guy. Yeah. <laughs> now two kids. Okay. But she doesn't have bad feelings. She's always on, like, specials and stuff. Yeah. She doesn't have bad feelings. I think a lot show. of these people, I think the women and men who find their spouse to the show love the show. They're like, thank you. Well, maybe they don't love it, but right. they're, like, thankful. They recognize what it did for their of lives. Of course. How could you not? Yeah. But, like, at the same time, were they offered a TV show wedding? No. Because no. ABC do, was like, mm They don't do weddings anymore now, by the way. But at the time, that yes, was an option. They, yeah. They were. Number 27, Meredith Phillips, season two. This is a complicated one, and I'll just go quickly. She came in third on Bob's season. Uh, people really clamored for her to be the Bachelorette. After that, she was second after Trista. Her finale had 13 million viewers. She was the Bachelorette in 2004. She selected Ian McKee. They dated for a month. They broke up. Notably, the men's mansion was in Beverly Hills, which is interesting. And most importantly, Meredith was not at the reunion. And around that time, it also came out that she alleged that a female masseuse basically sexually assaulted her with, like, groped her, essentially, while she uh, during, while she's on the show. And, you know, I, I think this is, like, a good opportunity to just talk about some of the, like, really darker aspects of The Bachelor. And, you know, you discuss this in your book. And it's something that is is hard to grapple with when you're a fan of the show and you're so enmeshed in like that in like the bachelor world as both of us are as both fans and then people in the media but like there's a lot of people who have really negative stories about having been on the show Meredith most notably she also has said since that while she was the bachelorette she was battling alcoholism and that was during the time where there was just like really free flowing alcohol right. and so many of them have been open about even the like Jillian saw herself on the show got a nose job like it's yeah. really affected their self image yes. I mean I can't I honestly I saw a video of myself on Twitter today and was like just horrified. I was like, oh God. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be the bachelorette or the bachelor. But I, I think Meredith's case also is particularly uncomfortable because it's like, well, was she, did she choose to not, she says she wasn't invited to the reunion. And like, if that's the case, that's really messed up. Like, 
you know, why the, the one person who is speaking about the difficulty she had to then not be like, welcome back. Or, yeah, that's absolutely messed up. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty terrible. And like, there, I have so many more questions about it. I also think that Meredith herself has tried to kind of distance herself from the franchise, probably for her own mental health, especially if that's what she suffered when she was the bachelorette. And I think it's just a really necessary reminder that there is a lot of really negative, stories out there from people who've been through the system. And that it's not just Corinne and DeMario a couple years ago. It was, like, from the inception. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. Like, you're saying we're both, obviously, huge fans of the show. And I even wrote in, like, the paperback version of the book, like, that I was maybe going to break up with the show because it was, like, after that spate of, like, so many, it was, like, Lincoln and Garrett and, like, the Bachelor in Paradise scandal and, like, so many, and the RE sort of, like, exploitative breakup being filmed. And I was just like, this is too much. Like, this is, I don't like the vibe that this has. Yeah. Um, And then, like, there's Tyler or there's something fun. Yeah. You're like, but I love it. And, and also had a season was pretty redemptive in just the way that she was really able to call the shots. And I think that she's been through a lot in terms of dealing with fame, but I don't think it's necessarily because the show was like inherently bad as so much as like fame is just really warps your world. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying I 100% feel very conflicted. I mean, honestly, like even last week when I was listening to your podcast and like Rob was talking about Mike Fleiss and his name came up, I was mm-hmm. like, are we just like... Yeah. Earlier this year, this dude was like basically, I mean, his, his, uh, they've reconciled, but his wife accused him of um, pushing her down the stairs and asking her to get an abortion. Right. And then she got a financial settlement, which we reported was like many millions of dollars. And then then they they tweeted, she tweeted that they were trying to work things out. Right. Which, like, I hope that is true and I wish her all the best. But I just, um, I don't know. It's so odd how these big, really, really, like, disturbing things happen. And maybe because there's so many of them, honestly, in the franchise that we kind of just are like, all right, well, on to the next. And it's like, is that okay? I don't know. I don't know either. And I also think, you know, even canceling The Bachelorette but not The Bachelor for a few seasons is also really, like, just sexist. Yep. And The Bachelorette gets worse ratings. And I think it—I don't know this for sure, but I've always thought that it has a lower budget. And, you know, there's there's an inherent sexism. And I think Meredith's season is a is a, an important reminder that there's it's not all good. It's like not always all fun. Right. And I think Meredith's season was absolutely like from what I can gather during a time when they played a lot um, looser uh, with the rules on set. Like by all accounts, there was like drinking between the crew and the cast together. And it was much more of like a party environment. And um, this was prior to when. Meredith said she'd struggled with drinking after the show. And so, like, that all, I'm sure, fed into the emotional experience of it and everything. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and maybe, like, why you wouldn't have said something about that alleged assault at the time if it did happen. Yeah, and it's, you know, I wish Meredith the best, and I I just think it's really shitty that she wasn't invited to the reunion, if that's true. Yeah, let's get to the bottom of that. Definitely. We'll talk more about The Bachelor, but first, let's talk about today's sponsor. It's holiday party season, and Article is here to help you make this entertaining season stress-free and beautiful. With stackable extra seating, extendable tables, and multi-purpose poofs, Article's selection of stylish furniture makes it easy to find just what you're looking for. At Article, you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. Article's design team focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. Each piece reflects Article's modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. Shipping is fast and affordable or free for orders over $999. And they have additional options for in-room delivery and assembly assistance. You get 30 days to make up your mind and returns are simple as our exchanges. I love my article furniture. I've got an awesome cabinet that I store my shoes and linens in. I have a great side table and a dope lamp. I honestly, they made my apartment so much better. And if you would like to have a better, cooler apartment, right, we're hosting a party. Article is offering my listeners $50 off the first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash bachelor and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash bachelor to get $50 off your purchase of $100 or more. All right, back into the countdown. Number 26, Sean Lowe, season 17. 
He had a ratings of 9.48 million average for season, which is pretty high. Mm-hmm. That's very good. It aired in January of 2013. He so he um did not pick Des. She came in fourth in that season. He did pick Catherine Jaducci, who was just in the background until like episode six, had no idea who she was, but he absolutely made the right choice. Like by far, yeah, one of the best women to ever be on the show. Sean was a like total surprise for me because going into it, I was like, ugh, like literal white bread, like so bland, like this whole born again virgin mm-hmm. thing, like okay, boy. But then, then he like goes with the interracial pick. Yeah, he like is still in a relationship. They have about to have three kids. Like success story. He also kind of like sass other bachelors and speak out against the franchise. Like, he's not muzzled. Yeah, like, so I think he got one of the worst edits possible. Or he was <laughs> uncomfortable on television because he seems to have actually a great personality and, like, really fun and, like, a pretty unique dude. But they just made him seem like this white bread Christian guy. Like, a stereotype yeah. of, like, a Christian football player from the South or from Texas. And that was a huge disservice to him because he clearly is more interesting than that, which we've learned since. But his season itself, like, the most, the most of the drama came from the fighting with Tiara. Do you remember her? She talked oh, about her Tiara. Spark- yeah, yeah. And, and her sparkle. She and Ashley had a really big fight. I believe they were in St. Croix for that. And his sister had been there that day. And, like, he went to go, like, get Tiara so that his sister could— This is how they made it seem for the editing. So his sister could, like, meet her and assess, like, if she was there for the right reasons or not. And when he arrived, like, Ashley and Tiara just had, like, this, like, knockdown fight. And I don't like a villain like Tiara. Like, that's not particularly fun to me where she's just, like, there's a lot of catfighting. Yeah. And, like, this this insider craziness. But Ashley and Tiara were kind of, like, the two— Tiara's, like, nowhere to be found, by the way. Really? Did yeah. you look for her for your Yeah, book? I looked for her. She's— I don't know what's—I don't know where she is. No one can find her. Yes. Um, Ashley, Ashley was, like, an interior organizer, a professional organizer. And right after she was on the show, I tried to get her to come to the Grantland office to organize, and she never got back to me. Rude. Ashley Frazier. She w- I disliked her more than I disliked Tiara. She was the real villain to me. She was just, like, talking. She kept being like, this man. She kept referring to Sean as but this she's, man. But I like her. I've liked her after the fact, though. Yeah. She seems like she's, like, making She's like Claire. Yeah, yeah. But Sean, he got a lot of shirtless shots. A lot. I never found him attractive. But I did not find him attractive. Me neither. Yeah, his face. It's like, it, I think it's the really blondness I of think the he hair. looks better now, actually. And their kids are adorable. Yeah, they're really cute. Yeah. And also, she's beautiful. Beyond, I love her. I think Me I like too. him because she's so cool. Me too. He made a good pick, but that's true in real life, too. Like, when a guy has a wife that you're like, great pick, makes yes. you like that guy more. I've always liked Nick Vial because the women he likes are so cool. Yes, I agree. He does, <laughs> yes. like, he does like a cool chick. Right. That's definitely true. The other moment with Tiara, which you alluded to, was like, they were mad at her about her eyebrows and how she would like raise one. They were very skinny. It was during the era of, of like very thinned out eyebrows. Right. And it was just the whole weird thing. Don't you feel like that was kind of when The Batch started playing with like um, the raccoon thing, like like little me- show memes that they would like yeah. always zoom in on her face and stuff. Yeah, it was like, like, like when the Claire stuff started. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the runner up of the season was named Lindsay Enter. And Lindsay. With the Z, right? No, that was a different Lindsay on the season. She's S E Y. Oh, okay. But don't remember this girl. Sorry. Lindsay barely spoke. Like, I, I couldn't tell you what her voice sounded like. She was, like, barely on the show. But she had one iconic move, which was the second Sean told her that he wasn't picking her. They were in Thailand. She was all glammed up. She just took off her shoes and, like, took off her heels and walked off holding her heels and, like, crying. Said nothing. And she was, like, crying. She talked to the camera after. She was super salty. She got interesting the second she got voted off. But I just remember the image of her holding her shoes. And I'm just like, yeah, that's how I feel at every party. Not a second longer. Seriously, I will not suffer this pain any longer than I have to. Props to that. It does suck. This has been—we've covered this quite a bit. But it does suck to not be chosen and, like, being in some remote, far-flung location and still having to be there, like, with production. You're just like, fuck, get me out of here. Right. And, like, probably literally locked in your hotel room, too. You can't like go get really. One of my apps. I like always like to have an exit strategy. Like I don't. I've never gone on a yacht or or like a cruise for <laughs> that reason. Yeah, I don't like feeling trapped. I need to be able to leave, and like this would be my absolute nightmare. I just I cannot even. I cannot imagine. Imagine maybe Lindsay's still uh, trapped on a hotel room somewhere. <laughs> I, re- I really really hope not. Um, the tagline for this season was "A nice guy will finish first, which I thought was kind of good. I think Sean was also one of, like, the early one. Like, he didn't necessarily have an identifiable job. No, he, he didn't. He was a bit Dallas businessman. Was what right. Remember, he was, like, trying to do something, something. insurance or yeah, something. Insurance. Like, something his dad did, and he, like, didn't really want insurance. to. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, they went to, like, Louise, Whitefish, Montana, St. Croix, Thailand. Pretty good. But he also was clearly not the first pick for Bachelor. It was rumored that they also tried to get Tim Tebow, which, like, was never going to happen. 
I mean, I guess they wanted the virgin for the season. I don't know. And the other person they tried to get. Who was before that was anti-virginal? Um, I think Ben Flanick. I was going to say, literally, sex in the ocean, Ben yeah, Flanick. I think that's correct. Also rumored for this Bachelor season was Roberto from Allie's season, which would have been God, great. I loved Roberto. I loved Roberto, too. And he also, he's similar to Chris, except they, did, they didn't make it work. Um, he had some good contestants. Sarah Heron, who was on Paradise She's a few awesome. times. Yeah, she, everyone has really good things about her. Yep. Uh, Selma, who I heard Chris Harrison went on a few dates with way back when. Who? Selma, she was, I don't know, I believe she was Persian. Okay. Uh, and my personal fave, Leslie Murphy, with whom he had the, he, Leslie now shares with Sean the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest on-screen kiss from one of their dates. Lucky so, them. Love Leslie Murphy. She's fantastic. Okay. Um, next, at number 25, Andrew Firestone. I don't have a lot to say about Andrew. Pretty <laughs> pretty boring. He, I like that they got— He was the most kind of, like, name person, yes, right? Yes, and he was the third Bachelor. Uh, it was in 2003. He did pick Jen Shaft, and they, they dated, but then they broke up, like, shortly thereafter. Right, so he had a winery. Yes. He— And then uh, he was, the, obviously, from the Tyre family. Right. And it just, like, I was like, okay. That, they <laughs> I was of, like, okay. <laughs> I, as I was looking, and as I was really exploring him, because, you know, he's still very much in the mix. Like, oh, I know. If you want to interview Andrew Firestone, you can. Andrew Firestone is also another one where I don't, um, I don't like a, that's kind of like a Zac Efron-y type of like, I don't like that kind of look. Like, yeah. so, like, perfect. He looks like he should be in a Netflix movie as a prince. Oh, my God. That is so true. Thanks. Yes. And he's is, like sculpted in gel it's, it's that way. It's tight. It's yeah. tight. Yeah. His season, like, there's very little notable about it. I think because it was early on, it was like less, like slightly less boring than Aaron and um, Alex Michelle, but like, like just really not that noteworthy. But it's so interesting that they kind of like they started out with like the educated, like he's an everman, but he's a little bit uh, elevated. Then they get like more athletic sports guy with Aaron, and then they go sort of like we need a wealthy. Like, yeah. you know. Well, I think Andrew Firestone came along around the same time as, like, Joe Millionaire. Right. And when sort of, like, Spot the Rich Guy became part of the genre of reality TV. It's really fascinating how much this stuff has changed and, like, what is now desirable in reality TV totally. and what is considered reality. Right. And I think someone, like, casually rich, like Andrew Firestone and Lorenzo, like, was very appealing as a bachelor because it was, like, someone who would ha- who could, like, hit all of the sort of very superficial signifiers of wealth, but then could also, like, be kind of a regular person that you're trying to date. And those things, like, don't really matter as much anymore. Totally. Like, in, in reality TV in general, not just The Bachelor. Like, looking at Peter this season, I think people are so impressed that he has a real job. I'm so impressed. Yeah, I which is sad. I'm like, he's a pilot, which is a great job, but, like, okay, he's a pilot. Like, we're, you know, like, Andrew Firestone used to be The Bachelor. Yeah. It's so different. I know, it really is. Yeah. Let's move on to a, a personal fave. Number 24. Charlie O'Connell, season seven, brother of Jerry O'Connell, kind of an actor. I'll, like, give him some credit, but, like, kind of, whatever. <laughs> he was on March 28th, 2005. It was a New York season. The women lived in a loft in Tribeca. Oh, damn, trendy. They had, like, a cell phone that factored into some drama where, basically, at one point, Charlie called one of the women. They're they kind of like cell phones. And so <laughs> they call, they had one instead of like, they were, they were used to experiment with the date card. So instead of like a knock on the card, somehow they had a cell phone. Charlie called to tell one of the women, I believe it was Kim, that they had a date. And then like later on, Kim never came home from the date. Like she stayed at his place really late. And so they then just like hit re, like redial on the phone just the early days of cell phones. It's very funny to think about to like get in touch with him and he answered. It was so staged, but just a really funny window into like the types of things that were like innovative in 2005. Yeah. I feel like Charlie, like clearly they wanted Jerry, right? Like, and that wasn't going to happen. I think they probably wanted someone famous and they're like, no one actually successful will do this. Who can we get? Fame adjacent. Yeah. Yeah. I think Charlie, from what I heard, was like, kind of pressured into it. Like, oh, he didn't feel... By his family or by whom? Just by everyone. Like, his brother... Yeah, his brother and, like, the people he in the show to were Jerry's like, it's gonna be great. It's gonna dad. be great. Like, and I don't know if it was, like, a natural fit for him. Narrator, it was not great. <laughs> Reader, li- listener, it was, it was not, not great. great. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. I mean, he was cute, though. He was cute. He definitely was, like, the party bachelor. Like, hands down. In fact, he ends up choosing Sarah Bryce. More on her in a second, but... um. They dated for three years and they broke up and they got back together like a year after that. Oh, yeah. They were a long time. They were together for a long time. 
And they talk about how his drinking got in the way. And like one of the reasons they were able to get back together was because he stopped drinking for a while. I don't know if he's drinking now or not. Though he's married. Um, oh, yes. Not to Sarah. Yeah, I believe he, like a year ago, he got married. But, you know, he was like a party bachelor. And it's kind of funny that, that was in New York, which I think it was more of a party city than LA anyway, just because there's never any driving. Yeah. But he did pick Sarah Bryce and he was into her from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> at one point, this is this is from a really helpful recap that was on Joker's Updates that I, I, got some of these quotes. Charlie asks Sarah if she wants a hug and Sarah says yes and Charlie kiddingly asks her if she wants to make out. We hear a voiceover from Sarah that some girls said, had said that they were going to sit on Charlie's lap and kiss him and she decided she wasn't going to do that. Sarah tells Charlie that she is a labor and delivery nurse and she and Charlie practice breathing techniques she uses. As she leaves, Charlie tells Sarah to treat the other girls nice, no cat fights. Charlie says to the camera that he thought his two minutes with Sarah were going well. She gave him a pretty wimpy hug uh, and he doesn't know what that's about. So Charlie was from the very beginning looking for some Makeouts and probably some sex as well. Wow, he was judging their chemistry on a wimpy hug. Yeah, on a wimpy What's hug. What's a wimpy hug? Um, I guess just a, like she didn't a light didn't touch. Lean into it, okay. didn't push her boobs into him. Wasn't she I don't sitting know. on his lap already? I, I don't know, Amy. Uh, the High runner, bar, Charlie O'Connell. <laughs> Seriously, I think he had. I he's not discussed as having a lot of sex, but definitely had like among the as like Bob Guinea is, you know, or you know, even like Ben Flanick. Um, but. <laughs> I think he was like a pretty sexually charged bachelor. Um, the runner-up was Chrisley Kennedy, and she had a huge fight with the girl who came in third, who's also named Sarah. One time, Chrisley said, it's very difficult for me to be cool with someone that the last time I called them a mean, terrible, horrible drama queen bitch, whatever else you went into it. So... <laughs> what? She called this woman, Sarah, a mean, terrible, horrible drama queen bitch. Um, didn't, you know what he reminds me of? Didn't go great. I'm looking at this picture of them. He reminds me of Ben from Felicity. Oh, that's really rude to Scott Speedman, who's a beautiful man. But uh, no, okay. Scott, not like physically, just like his energy. I, I feel that. You know what I mean? Yes. Although, are you a Felicity person? Yes. Ben bringing the film canister in season two, and Ben was here um, at, when she's working at Dean DeLuca, and he's like, you know what this is? And she was like, yeah, it's a film canister. He's like, no. It's a time machine. I think about the one moment, the one moment I would do over again, the one moment where I screwed oh, wow. it up. Wow, wow, Juliet yeah. is going yeah. so deep right now. I fucking love Felicity. I fucking love Ben Covington. And please don't besmirch him by comparing him to Charlie O'Connell. Okay, sorry. I just thought, I thought it, he had a, he exuded sort of dumb kindness. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he did. But Ben was felt much more than Charlie O'Connell. That's true. He just like, he couldn't let his emotions out. Maybe, we don't know, maybe Charlie couldn't let his emotions out. Actually, that is a pretty realistic portrayal of like a hot guy who's like also like thinks deeply. I think Scott Speedman should be The Bachelor. Scott Speedman lives in Silver Lake. I see him like all the time. Wait, He's does he a, still? Because I yes. heard that he did live near like LA, like a uh, LaMille or whatever. Yes. Yeah. He, well, I see Not him, that we stalk you. I've seen him at coffee shops. He's an early riser like me. So like if you go for like an early coffee in the hood, there's a good chance you'll see, but you'll see, I'm going to call him Ben, Scott Speedman. I introduced myself to him one time in New York and I was so excited. And I was like, I'm just a huge fan. My name is Juliet. And he was like, hey, I'm Scott. And I was like so thrown off because expecting him to say Ben. It was very confusing. Oh my God. I did that once with Noel. Oh my God. I was like, hi. Don't you feel like when you're outside of your job and you introduce yourself to people who you like legitimately like, it's like so hard? Yeah. Because you don't have a purpose. Yeah. Other than being a freak. There's a video of me on my Instagram at at the Backstreet Boys like after party in Vegas from February where I was like next to Nick Carter and literally like really close to him, like like 10 inches away. Like we were standing shoulder to shoulder. And I was so excited. That I fell down. Literally. I fell. I like fell out of the frame. No, I just lost my balance. Like I was like overwhelmed with happiness that I was so close to Nick Carter. And there's only a few people like that for me that I'm like, I can't even talk to you. Like it's like probably like five. And it's like Scott Speedman, Nick Carter. Not Tyler anymore. Not Tyler. I love Tyler though. And I don't know. Just not a lot of people. Okay. Anyway. So uh, Charlie O'Connell, not... Scott Speedman. No. But Chris Lee Kennedy, she came in second. She had a fight with Sarah W. Also, Chris Lee, this is classic Bachelor, and this was season seven, so they're really on their shit early on. It came out that she was claustrophobic because they had had a fencing date, which is something that Charlie O'Connor does. And she had she to wanna wear, wear the little hat thing. She didn't want to wear the mask because she's claustrophobic. And I don't want to make fun of claustrophobia, but that's like <laughs> some straight up Bachelor or like bullshit, like just sort of like making that into a bigger deal than it is. I wish we could see that. Well, maybe we can. HBO Max. Um, the biggest villain of the season was this woman, Sarah, the one who came in third. She was the wrong reasons girl. She was accused by everyone for not being there for the right reasons. 
her and Chris Lee just went at it a lot, and they made it to the final three, so they had to interact. Uh, <laughs> just, it didn't go great. Um, the first single mom ever Ooh. to be on the show was on this season. Her name was Kara. She was one Damn, of it ten- took seven seasons. Yeah, she was one of ten women to have a K name. No overnight date cards on this season. Charlie just asked, just propositioned them. She said to Sarah, "We haven't had a lot of time to be alone. I don't want this night to end." Huh? And then they all, all the overnight dates were at the same hotel in, um, I believe it was Puerto Rico. Hopefully a different room. Yes. I th- actually, I don't know for sure. <laughs> That's a great, great question. Better have gotten a deep clean from house cleaning. Excuse me. The overnight dates were in Aruba. But, that's you know, they used to not travel until the overnights. That's a, pre- that's a pretty good one. At the final three rose ceremony, when he went from three to two, there was um, Chris Lee, Sarah, and Sarah. And when he picked a Sarah, he didn't say her initial. So he was like, Sarah, B. <laughs> And oh, so God. Sarah W. got so screwed. <laughs> um, Charlie was from Montauk, and that's where he took the women to meet his family, which I did not know about what? the O'Connells. Yeah. Is and that like the basis for the affair? Like, what's happening? I know. I love the affair. When the season started, ABC explained that it was, like, a lot more flexible. So he had way fewer rules, and they didn't have a typical first night. Basically, they woke the women up, like, at 8.30, and then, like, Five minutes later, told them they had to go down to this ballroom to meet Charlie, and they met, like, in the ballroom of a hotel. And that's how the show started, essentially. Do you think, like, do you wish some—I mean, I know the last time, I guess it was sort of somewhere else was Emily Maynard, right? That we can remember? Yeah. Us youngins? Yeah. (laughs) JK. Um, In the modern era. Yeah. I wonder, like, that didn't feel that weird to me, but it did feel different. Like, I wonder if I would be bothered if it started somewhere else now. Um— I think I'd be a little disappointed. Like, part of the magic is sort of, like, going back to summer camp every year. Like, you know, new faces, same places. And, like, it, things are familiar but different. And it's, like, working within the constructs. I don't know. We don't even, like, more, see the mansion gamified. that much anymore when it's you think true. about it. It's true. We don't. Like, what if you're hanging out there? Yeah. The crazy drapery that they have and, like, the really the giant candles. Right. Or, like, the, them at the pool used to be such a thing. And now it's really I know. not. I know. I, I don't know why that is. It's a good point. We didn't get a lot of... Uh, actually, on Colton season, there was the pool party. Hannah and Kaylin, like, both, like, make their cases and stuff. But, oh, right, right, right. Sitting in those, like, weird cabanas. Yeah. Yeah. It is... I don't know. That's a, that's a good point, though. I don't know why that is. I like I like pool action. After it made out of the fire unscathed, too, they should really be, like, capitalizing on the manch. It's really true. Yeah. Um, I just want to note someone in this season called someone else a slut. It was, like, really no holds barred. It's kind of a wild season. Oh, that was, like, a big deal. Charlie. Well, it wasn't, to me, it's a big deal. I feel like just that's, like, a... No, mean, but even then, I can imagine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right, next. That was Number, a lot of time on Charlie. Well, he deserves it. It was a good... It was, I think it was good. Number is 20. Isn't it weird that Jerry exists in the world and has not really been asked about this that much anymore? Like, no one cares where Charlie O'Connell is. The Bachelor memory is very short. I think that, like, you... You know, even when they, they keep recycling people... Like, in general, like, in the consciousness. Like, my friend Jacoby is just sort of like, when the season's over, I move on. Yeah. And I think most people are like that. Totally, yeah. It's only us obsessives that, like, still care. Like, I don't know. I, I'm i curious, like, how the, the live show will do. Like, will pe- do people want to come out and see Ben and Becca? I don't know. Next. 23. <laughs> ben, yes. Chris Souls, season 19. Oh, wow. Let's just, disclaimer, for all you think about Chris, he, in the last few years, has been enmeshed in legal drama because he was driving and he rear-ended someone and the person who was driving the car in front of him died. But explain what happened on the scene. Chris left the scene of the crime before the police came. Correct? Yes. And um, it has been, like, there's nothing to say about this other than, like, that's horrible. I believe that... Well, there's something... He's... The the ruling has come down, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I think it's, like, time served, essentially. It's like... And then it's like a, there's, like, a civil procedure. So... He's kind of, like, moving forward with his life. He just made a Bachelor appearance, like, his first one in a really long time. I think he was at, like, Jingle Ball or something like that. And, yeah, it's, like, absolutely horrible. And leaving the scene is, like, unforgivable. And it's kind of it's kind of difficult to talk about Chris's season, which I was not particularly a fan of anyway. I found him to be, like, one of the absolute worst leads. But he had, like, a he had an incredible group of women on his show. He had Jade, Ashley I, Carly, Kelsey, who's been lost to time, but was fantastic while it was happening. Caitlin Bristow. And then this woman, Julia, who I even think it like des- deserves mentioning. She was very good on Paradise. Oh, she dated JJ, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's who she was on a uh, couples therapy. Yes. Whatever oh the heck. Marriage story. What is it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. Marriage boot camp? Yes. Marriage boot camp. 
Yeah, I mean, Chris, I I think as a result, has just sort of not been a part of this scene, nor should he have been. And it's frankly, I find it very difficult to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, so do I, especially because I was the lone person in my friend group who liked Chris Holes and no one could understand why. And I was like, I just don't get it. Like, I would, I just want to like, I had this fantasy of moving like I would have lived in that remote farm and like maybe, you know, commuted to take like creative writing classes at Iowa. Yeah. Because that's renowned for its program. Yeah. And I just felt like he was like a good person. And then for the book, we went, my friend, my friend and I, who's down for crazy shit, went to a (laughs) dating like boot camp type of thing taught by this woman where Chris Souls was the special guest. Oh, my God. And my friend the whole time was like, Amy, he's like a murderer. He's like, this was before this happened. Oh, she my God. She was like, he gives me like a creepy vibe. And then this happened. And everyone was like, I told you so. I told you so. And like, I don't think, I, actually, I mean, obviously, it's not funny at all. And I, I feel really, the whole thing is just so tragic. Yeah, like, it's, clearly. It's absolutely tragic. I mean, this, you know, obviously it's horrible. A person died. I will say Chris got two years probation after all this happened, and it happened in April 2017. Even, you know, knowing nothing about Chris's culpability or beyond what's right, what came out in the court case, like, this is a horrible thing to go through. Like, right. faults, no faults, whatever it is. Right. For the, for the victim's family and for Chris and his family, this is, like, just a terrible, terrible thing to go through and, like, incredibly traumatic and— it like, really puts the bachelor in perspective too. It's just sort of like who we, cares? we can yeah. dig into his season and there was a lot of drama in it, but moreover, something really terrible in actual life happened and like it just overshadows everything else. Right. Especially because his sort of rep, from what I understand, was like really lighthearted and like liked to drink and like have fun and um and then now I can't help think like I can't I'm I'm surprised he did an appearance. Like Me too. I'm really surprised. Right. I mean it's just like I mean, I think he said about leaving the crime that, you know, he was obviously so freaked out and he called someone for advice and they yeah. were just like, do that. And he did. But like, it's terrible. Um, number 22, Jesse Palmer. He was season five. High ratings. 12.5 million. High average. hotness. High hotness as well. He hosted the proposal. He was a sports person. Did you like that? Uh, yeah. I mean. Was he, he was not good at sports. He was basically in the CFL mostly and played at the University of Florida, which is a really good football school. He was The Bachelor in 2004, April 2004. He just, The name of his winner was named Jessica. He didn't propose, but they continued to date. I guess he was on the Giants. The, the tagline was, this New York Giants quarterback is making a play for 25 ladies, but it's a whole new game because one of them is his spy. Uh, his runner-up was named Tara Huckabee. Their best location, I would say, was Lake Tahoe. The biggest villain was a woman named Trish. And man, was she despised. I would say she's the first, like, uber villain. This is from a Reality Steve recap. Steve, thank you so much for recapping these. Back in the house, Trish's one-liners continue. Marry rich, don't cook, order out, hire a trainer. <laughs> Incredible stuff, right? Pretty good. So, so good. Um, Jesse accidentally gave the rose to the wrong girl at one point. Like, just really strange. Jesse is, like, a, an interesting one because, like, he, I think from what I understand, like, didn't have a great experience. And, like, didn't he try to, like, he drove away after the, like, yes. he, before the proposal or something? Yes. And he also was, like, confused by who was who at every rose ceremony or, like, would need to pause beforehand. Yeah. He was, like, str- I think he got, like, very stressed out by the whole He, like, experience. didn't really, wasn't into it. And then he went all these years without really doing anything. And then he, like, started doing that Daily Mail, like, yeah. hosting thing. And he, now he, then yeah, he did the proposal, and Dr. which— Travis Lane Stork. Right. Talking he did the other. proposal, which, like, Fleiss produced. And, like, it's like, okay, after enough time, they all come back. They all come back to roost. Um, his season was the last one to have a date box, not just a date card. Hmm. And so they would, like, get, like, a box full of, like, Yeah, that clues. box was weird. Super weird. I think his season was, like, one of the better early ones, though, because he was flustered by things and kind of— He was a really—I think he was a good lead. I think someone also, like— who is used to playing a team sport, used to pressure, like, actually makes for good television because they are used to being around a lot of people. They're used to, like, just kind of, like, going with it. I just think there's, like, a weird corollary between right. sports and this. Also, like, the kind of classic person I think The Bachelor goes for, like, as their lead, which is, like, someone who's, like, sort of successful, yeah. but, like, not famous. Yeah, like, yeah. Totally. But, yeah, now he's still on ABC. I, I think it was, like, a pretty, a pretty good season. And I think Trish really invented the kind of modern villain along the lines of a Tierra and Ashley, as we discussed. And that that carries a lot of weight, I think, because 
as you go back and you watch old seasons and you really dig in, you realize that what makes a good season of Bachelor and Bachelorette is the contestants. Mm-hmm. And so it's like essential to have you got to have a lightning rod, at least one, if not a few, who people fight over it and whatnot. Do you think all these people are, are happy or sad that they didn't have the opportunity to go on to like Instagram fame? Yeah. Or yeah. like stupid Influencer. other reality show fame. I think it probably varies person to person. I bet many of them are bummed about it because even even if you went on as like a lark to like shake things up in your life, you have to have some kind of exhibitionist impulse to want to do this show. Oh, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that probably is not usually like a slight impulse. It's usually like kind of big. So I don't know. Okay, last one for the day. Number 21, Miss Ashley Hebert, the seventh bachelorette. I'm oh, sorry, I think it's Ashley Hebert. Ashley Hebert. Is she like French Canadian yeah, or something? Right. I don't I've, know. I've, I've never said it that way, though I believe you're correct. I don't want to say it that way. So. I'm not going to either. Okay. Um, it was in May 2011, which honestly feels like it was wow. more recent. I Why know. are we old, dude? We're old. The winner was JP. The runner up was the infamous Ben Flanick. Wait, did you see JP's recent health? JP has Guillaume Barre, which is really scary, but I also just want to say manageable. Like it's going to be harrowing, but I'm sure. But. I think you can live with it. So okay, I, th- I hope he's okay. Me too. Uh, seriously, like, really thinking of them. They seem like a great couple. I think he seems like among some of the night. They both seem like some of the nicest people in The Bachelor full totally. stop. I've always really liked her. She's always seemed immensely normal and down to earth. And super same with him. He seems like a great guy. Also, one of the few Jewish winners. Yes. J.P. Rosenbaum, baby. Because yes. now she's Ashley Rosenbaum. And they live in, like, Boca. They live in Miami area. N- yeah, no, they don't live in Boca. But, yeah, they. she's a dentist, and he, he is, like, in construction still. Yeah. With two kids. I will say, low moment for them, doing the ultrasound on TV. Yeah, really low. Really low. Didn't love that. Didn't have to do it, but— why was she a good bachelorette? Well, first of all, Bentley was absolutely insane. You can watch like Bentley 15 to 20 minute ma- montages of just Bentley being crazy. Bentley's I, hair was. Bentley was handsome. I'm sorry to say it. He was an absolute villain, but man, was he handsome. Bentley just trashed her constantly. I actually feel bad for Ashley because a lot of like the drama of her sh- of her season was like putting her down. There Who was, was a- supposed to be the bachelor instead of her? Who was the other Emily Maynard. Oh. Who came later? Because that, that I get that. That's like— Bentley kept saying— Because it's like, you don't like her. We are completely different looks. Yes. Yeah. Bentley kept saying he wished it was Emily. Ugh. Or Chantal. Remember her? She was she was fine. Also from Brad season. I think she was like into tax. She was like a taxidermist or something like that. Oh, oh, yes. She was fine. Whatever. Bentley kept saying he wished it was Emily. And I think like that sucks. Like there was like the specter of Emily over Ashley's season. Um, but then there also was like— this date where they roasted her and also people kept saying like, well, we all thought it was going to be Emily. And there was a lot of like putting her down, but then, you know, she ended up, JP, I think was like a really good winner. She picked the right person for sure. That was one where, yeah, you're just like, bring it on home, ladies. Like solid judgment. Like you went through this right. You knew what you were doing in your pick. It also like really was very early and kind of like acknowledging like the broader world of The Bachelor because um, Ashley was warned about Bentley by Michelle Money, who she was on Brad season with. And Michelle Money is an absolute legend. Um, yes. And Bentley's ex-wife was friends with Michelle Money, which is how Emily was able to, like, find that info on her. Were they explicit about that? I forget. Yes, they were. They were. Okay. Uh, Bentley was like, I presume you heard that from Michelle. And yes, so they did. They weren't like, Michelle Money, my fellow contestant from from Brad Womack's second season but but they but they did mention her and say that's how the connection was made and everything like that so I just think the guys made it good and also Ashley is like really compelling she's like a nice person who you root for and I think so often you don't root for these people that when you do it's like pretty meaningful who was she between for her final two Ben and JP Ben Benny oh Ben's Goodbye was so good. Yeah. He was so, he was so mad. pissed. And I was like, yes, dude, you walk off. Yeah. He was. He, he got down like, on a knee, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And he was so mad at her for letting her propose. Which is, it's fucked. It is fucked up. It is they haven't done, really done that since. It's always been a rumor that, um, well, Tyler almost proposed. And like, he goes through his whole spiel. He almost did. But, but he didn't, get, didn't take a knee. There's no. And I think Hannah probably wanted as many proposals as possible. But <laughs> always been a rumor that Mike Fleiss wants the bachelors to propose and like make the women feel bad when the bachelorettes he like lets them get out of it because Andy and Emily and Rachel like and Becca like they all like stop them actually did Becca stop Blake I don't know if she did I don't remember I think she did can't remember that season too boring and 
yeah. So, but yes, yeah, she let him propose, and he was. Pissed. But that set up Ben F for to be the bachelor very nicely. And he you was were like, not oh, damn, she got he got burnt. Yeah, because who else was he up against? Someone um, hot. Oh, it was no, no. And you know what was the other guy who looked like Ben F? Who? Constantine. Oh yeah, Constantine. He came in fourth. Something like that. People right? really liked him. One that was he on. was cute. He was like Greek. And, yeah, yeah. She had, looked, she had good dudes. And I think that she also just, like, had to confront a lot of drama because people weren't that nice to her, which, like, sucks, but is look, entertaining. Look where she is now. I know. Honestly, I really I really wish them the best. I hope JP's going to be okay. Is that, like, must be scary. Can you ex- what happened to him? It's an autoimmune disease, I believe, where okay. your immune system, like, reacts when it's not supposed to. And so it, like, starts, like, fighting your body, your own body. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be okay. But um, really thinking of them, wishing them the best. Good wishes to the Rosenbaums. Yeah, absolutely. Let's end on a positive note because okay. we really like Ashley. We do. And uh, and JP very much. They have two kids. You know, they, they need their dad and everything. The kids are mini-me's of them, too. Have I you know. seen? Yeah. Yes, they're really cute. I, I hope they're a nice Jewish family. Amy, this has been really fun. You have so much deep knowledge on The Bachelor. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. You're the experto too, Julia. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Next week, when we will be hitting numbers 20 to 11, I am joined by two special guests, Tanner and Jade Tolbert. I have asked Juliet on her journey to San Juan Capistrano <laughs> to visit the closet where Jade Gave birth. Delivered. I don't think I can ask, but I hope they offer. Are you kidding? These people on reality TV, they like expose everything. I'm really nervous. I'm really excited. Also, what if I meet the kids? I don't know. Also, the, the kitchen reno I'm so familiar with, you know, it's going to be awkward. Their house is so fascinating to me. It's like cavernous. The, the middle entryway thing with the garden inside. I kind of like it. It's like I've just never seen something like I that. I think they live in like a weed style gated community, though. That's the vibe I get. I can't wait to read a report. But like, please start off the podcast describing like everything around They you. won't be freaked out by that at all. That's no fine. I, I did offer to like run errands for them because I was like, I, thank you so much for doing this podcast. I'm happy. I know you have a child. Yeah. And I was like, I'm happy to be your postmate. Let me know if you guys need anything on the way. I seriously offer anything from LA, uh, driving past or uh, like picking up juice, picking up milk. Like I'm just like whatever. I'll be your postmate. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. You guys have two really young children. I can't imagine how chaotic oh, wow. that is. So. so Jade and Tanner get get the next run, and then who's going to finish it off for you? Do you know yet? Yeah, but I, I won't say. Top secret. It's a it's a big fish though. So you have this to. This is a good way to lead into Peter's season because I can't wait. That was what I was hoping for. So thank you for saying so. Um, and thank you all for listening. And of course, thank you to Article. We'll be back next week. <laughs>